Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the weekly podcast from the Marketing Minds at DoYouConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you. We're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley. We're continuing to look at current events through as many different lenses as possible. And up today is the team at DeYoung Properties who pulled off something remarkable just as the dust was settling from a statewide stay-at-home order. But first, a quick news update. A couple weeks ago now, Mike Lyon, Steve Passanelli from BombBomb, and Jeff Shore did a two-part virtual sales training event. And you can access that now 100% free at now.doyouconvert.com slash virtual dash sales. Now.doyouconvert.com slash virtual dash sales. We'll have that link in the show notes. Uh, completely free. Over, I think at this point now, 8,000 views of the training course. I think that makes it the number one resource on virtual sales in our industry at the moment. Be sure to check that out. Completely free. Pass it along to sales leaders, uh, to, to owners, people who need to, to see that. Again, completely free to get access to. So can it really happen? A virtual VIP event leading to virtual sales appointments, leading to a 60% plus sellout rate in one day while the state is under a shelter-in-place order. Yes, it can. And you're going to hear a little bit more about what happened and what the team was thinking and feeling and doing as they were scrambling to adjust. But I wanted to record this intro to say, does that mean that you can copy and paste the process and see the same results? No. There are some critical adjustments and factors needed in the current environment or that need to already be present in order for this to work. I couldn't be prouder of our amazing builder partners at Young Properties, and let's get them in to talk about exactly how they did it and what you can learn from their experience. We're back and we're going to keep talking about our new normal, the current reality and, and how everything's working. But today is a little bit different because we're going to be talking to the crew from DeYoung Properties who didn't just recently star, not, didn't only recently star in an HGTV special of Extreme Home Makeover Edition that you should all be streaming if you missed it live. But they also did something that everyone's extremely interested to know more about. And we already talked a little bit about what we will and won't be covering today. But I wanted to get them on because anytime in a period of fear and uncertainty that you hear an incredible story of success, everyone wants to figure out, how do I duplicate and replicate that as quickly as possible, as easily as possible? Please, Kevin, just tell me all the secrets now. And I thought it'd be better <laughs> instead for us to have them on and have a little discussion because like anything worth doing, it, it, it's not necessarily going to be easy. And there's always um, things that you're not going to be prepared for. You've got to know how to, how to call an audible and, and roll with the punches. So today we've got uh, Ryan DeYoung. How's it going? On, who's the president of DeYoung Properties. That's correct. We've got his little sister, Ashley, on as well. Hello. Uh, Ashley handles all of the marketing communications. She's got an amazing team of photographer, videographers. She can get stuff done like nobody's business. It's been great uh, getting to know you better, Ashley. And then we also have Eric, the VP of sales on with us as well. Hey there. And Eric, you are not family, right? I am not, even though I try to be. 
I am not. <laughs> yeah, no, trust me. When I worked for Heartland, it was it was three brothers and a father who were in all of the top positions. And people would always be like, are you, so like, are you good? I was like, well, they're definitely firing me before they fire any one of them, but I, I feel pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Ryan, give us a little bit of background on the project. Well, first the project, but also let's get the tease over with. What were the results of the virtual processes you went through as well as a little bit of background on the project itself? So the end result was 68% of all released home sites sold within 24 hours. That was an awesome home run of a community launch. The yeah. community was our Ridgeview community in North Clovis, and it was our final phase. So it's a 58 home site uh, community, and this was a, a 16 home site launch. And it, it wasn't, you know, like a from scratch, you know, ground up community launch. It, you know, it was because of it's a final phase. It was a existing floor plans. We had an, an existing uh, prospect pool already. So, you know, it wasn't totally starting from scratch. Uh, we had a lot of people who were really desiring this final phase and kind of waiting it out. But we were not planning on doing it completely virtual, though. Every, everything was set to be a, you know, normal in-person grand opening event following the pre-sale without fail concepts. And we had to you know, throw out audibles like daily, almost hourly to get everything set up in time. So... Yeah, I remember when we first started working together, you're like, I really want to get more into this pre-sale program. And, you know, maybe we can work it out on Ridgeview. And so we, <laughs> yeah. we were working on this and had to call an audible. And, and I'm wondering who called who first about needing to change this up? Or, or, or actually, maybe just for everyone who's not from California, what were the series of events? Like, not that you'd have to know the specific days, but, but kind of how were things rolling out in terms of changes to what the government would or wouldn't let you do and and just the state of your local marketplace in timing with when this launch was supposed to be happening. So the city of Fresno is where our, our main office is located, but this community is in our sister city in Clovis. So probably the week before our preview night, the city of Fresno set up a shelter in place. So it wasn't activated in Clovis, but at that time it was like, okay, is it going to happen? And it was the, the week prior, I believe, to the preview night. So we were kind of in this gray area of like, okay, what do we do? And so with that in mind, we started to set up the process to have that option to go virtual. Like it was still planning, we were still planning on being in person, but we, we really started setting everything up to be a virtual preview night and grand opening. We didn't think it was actually going to happen that way. We were like, oh, no way, we're actually going to do that. But you know, it's nice to have a plan in place. And then within a matter of a couple of days, the state of California shut everything down. So we activated that plan pretty quickly and it just, everything went completely virtual. I'm going to get to you next, Ashley, but I want to ask Eric real quick. The first time that, that Ryan came to you and said, let's do this thing virtual, or maybe it was you who brought it to him. I don't know. But what was your initial thought and what were you concerned the sales team's reaction may be? Uh, Ryan brought it to me and we knew that, you know, with your expertise and then our online home oh sales boy. specialist and <laughs> Eric, we, you're getting we thick real fast. <laughs> telling you, like, no, I really, I mean that though. Like we knew we had really good crutch and we knew our team were always about positivity and rolling with the wave. And we know, we know it's sales, every sales agent out there, they know you have to roll with the punches. Nothing's going to go perfectly. So we're up to it. It was actually really exciting. We we're sitting right there when the day happened. We we're doing virtual appointments. We we're like, well, this is neat. We should do it every time like that. 
You know, we, <laughs> yeah, we, honestly, we really acclimated to it. That energy level of that preview night when we were all in the same kind of vicinity, we were social distancing ourselves still, but we were, all, we were an eye shot of each other. And I was kind of, you know, Ashley and I were quarterbacking each of the appointments as they were coming in. And it was a high energy evening. It was a lot of fun to see the excitement going from appointment to appointment. And everybody was, like I said, just right there next to each other. So you could see the energy building. And at the end of the night, we all, we we're all kind of exhausted, but like, looked at each other like, wow, I can't believe that was successful. That was, that was a lot of fun. I think the sales team finds it on their end to actually have been gone like really smoothly. But for me on my end, on the marketing side, I think any other marketing person would know that it was hectic. And I was just going to come to you and be like, yeah. this sounds like the typical scenario. I was talking to someone else earlier about events in general. And they're like, yeah, I'm in charge of events as part of the marketing team. And I go, oh, so you're the person who does all the really hard work that no one gives you credit for and then has to clean it all up when it's over because no one else wants to help. And they're like, yeah, pretty much. So I was just about to say, actually, from a logistical perspective and all the things to be worried about and, and think through, what was your initial thought? Yeah. So, I mean, still speaking about the virtual preview night and not the actual grand opening yet for the preview night, it was very difficult. I had to plan a video that would go live on Facebook and then in the caption, it would link to a landing page. Then when they landed on the landing page, we had to link to somewhere else for them to sign up to have their appointment. And then we... Yeah. So a lot, yeah. a lot to be done in a very short amount of time. And even just the video part, I know people who we've already lost them. They're like, yeah, you know, it takes me a month to, to turn around a video for use. And so part of this conversation is just the flexibility to pivot and move that you guys have on your team there. It's characteristic of a lot of smaller organizations, but smaller organizations also don't normally have a video person at their disposal to make this happen. Yeah, we are very lucky. We've actually had somebody who does our in-house videography and photography for about seven years now. And when I started after I graduated college, I knew that having content was super important at that time. And we've just had that position forever. And ever since we read your book, we've been doing pre-sale without fail launches. And after every launch, we would film a video with a customer testimonial. And so it, it. it's been important for us for a long time to have nice video content for customers to check out. Well, and I remember... This is probably four years ago at PCBC. You came up to me at the end of one of the marketing bootcamp sessions that oh, were like gosh. three hours long. <laughs> and I remember you. I, I don't think I had met Ryan yet, but I had met you a couple of times before. And you're like, Kevin, my brother, Ryan, he really thinks we should have a podcast. And I'm just not, I'm not certain we need that. What do you think? And at the time, even I was like, yeah, I don't know that you need a podcast either. But Ryan, you were right. You needed a podcast. <laughs> When am I wrong? <laughs> yeah. yeah, your your advice was really good. You said maybe try and use Facebook Live and videos on social platforms as your way to get topics out there. And so, you know, since then, we had been doing as many videos as we could to talk about certain topics. But yeah, we are interested in starting a podcast. So we're going to look into that. <laughs> yeah, I just I think it's always great to be as transparent to the audience and let them know the dynamics here. So you've got, you know, fearless leader who who sees endless opportunity, then you've got the logistical mastermind reverse engineer in the marketing role. And then Eric is really 
the, the final piece of the triad and, and a sales leader who's, who's staying positive and looking for opportunities. And, and so that's one of the things when people have reached out to me and they're like, okay, Kevin, how do I do this virtual thing? I'm like, do you have all three of those people on the same page? I mean, I talked to someone else today who said, you know, my owner is a baby boomer and he just thinks this whole Zoom meeting thing is amazing. And so he wants to have a, a virtual grand opening where we just email a link to a Zoom call and let people hop on and we just talk to them and, and watch the urgency magic happen. And I'm, I'm like, oh no, 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 no. We got to get all three people on the same page because you know, a completely live virtual event without a lot of planning and rehearsal and everything else, it can go terribly just as well as it could go well. But I think you guys are, are just a great example of a, of a good, well-rounded team where everyone's playing their position. I think recently we've been doing a lot of one-on-ones and that's been really helpful having Ryan, Eric and I in meetings together planning you know, what are the biggest topics that we need to talk about? And Ryan is a very awesome leader and he really helps Eric and I find what we excel at and go in our own paths and make it all happen together as a team. So I agree yeah, as a trio, totally. we're really good. <laughs> very true. Very true. And, and just to add to that too, I mean, the leadership is obvious for sure. I will tell you though, like even our front like line, you know, having, or, you know, admin them having like renderings uh, with marketing, communicating with them, making sure they're all uploaded the night of so that we can email them off and have PDF versions done and contracts done and having all that. And then like ROHS being available and like coordinating everything. Like you had to have everyone fully functioning. And we even brainstormed before the event happened, like, Hey, what could go wrong? We're like, what if we're all doing virtual tours and our Wi-Fi messes up? We're like, okay, you got to connect to a hotspot on your phone. And we were just kind of quarterbacking everything to make sure the whole team was cohesively working together. I love it because so many times when people are talking about even the normal pre-sale process, let alone a virtual pre-sale process, and I get on a call with the team and, you know, three of the four people are arms crossed, just completely skeptical that this is even necessary to be thinking about doing, let alone actually doing. You know, my first gut reaction is usually like, you guys probably shouldn't do this. <laughs> and so, especially in a virtual scenario, if everyone's not on board, uh, you can just imagine how, how one domino missing would prevent this from, from working out. But Eric, I got a couple of other follow-up questions on in terms of interacting with the customers. Did they find it as energizing or was there any sense of, of awkwardness or confusion that the customers were displaying as you were having these virtual conversations? No, not at all. I feel like, you know, and everyone's going to nod their head to this. Your energy is going to mirror their energy and they're going to feel comfortable as long as you're feeling confident and comfortable. And as all the virtual tours I saw, everyone was on video chat. They were talking, they were engaged, they were having fun. You know, they felt more comfortable because they're in the comfort of their home trying to find their next dream home. And and we're trying to, you know, do that for them. So Everyone was having fun with the situation. Granted, everyone knew why we were doing it. So I think they felt kind of like, you know, we understand we have to do this by default. We have no choice. We can't go in and meet in person. So they made the best of it. I feel like the team really welcomed that and they made it a fun thing and not like, hey, you know, this is what we have to do. We all know that. But hey, let's have fun while we're having to do this. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, Ashley other follow-up question I had for you was around the home sites themselves. And I'm not sure how many of those people already had some sense of what was coming, but was there anything different from a content perspective that you you tried or did to make 
the home sites as walkable from a virtual perspective as possible or just or showcasing the differences or, or the unique characteristics of each one, anything? Yeah. I mean, I think we could have done it better. So it was a, definitely a good learning lesson. But what we did provide ahead of time was the artwork that we were planning on putting on easels on the foam boards. We mm-hmm. created that into a PDF. So you could see we have a walking trail behind some of the homes. And so the customers could see the size and shapes of all of the homes. And then we also created some drone footage and put it into a video that showcased where each lot was located. So the sales team also provided that video to the customers to see it as well. And if they could do in-person appointments, they did do those with social distancing in mind. And I think some of the customers kind of knew where this the final phase was located. And so maybe they could already see some trees in the background of certain lots that they were maybe already interested in choosing because of that mm-hmm. as well, what was around already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that drone video was so well done. I want to break down a little bit of, of the minute details that make a difference. And, and one of the things that keeps me so energetic about what I do every day is some of these details that matter. So in your drone video, you're slowly flying over the home sites Mm -hmm. and you're showing a number. So people have a sense of this is home site one, this is home site four, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But what you didn't do, which some people would be tempted to do, would be to draw individual lines and, (laughs) and maybe even show dimensions. And so you're giving a fantastic visual appetizer while preserving the main course for Eric and his team to do their job. And and have that emotional energy because, and so I'm excited to hear that that was an intentional choice because over communicating details at the wrong time confuses the idea of trying to get people to take the next step and get them excited without trying to sell via a drone video. You're not trying to sell the home. You're trying to get them to Eric and, and the team. Yeah. And also we didn't want to put the lines on there just in case, you know, the customer saw it one way on there and it was not to scale. So that was another reason I was nervous about doing the lines for all of those. And yeah, the sales team has the power to find out what floor plan works best for the customer and what lot that floor plan would work best on. And then they go in and give them, like you said, all of the fine details of the dimensions of how big their backyard is, how big their side yard will be, what what is the angle of their driveway going to be, and and so on and so forth. So we did kind of limit it, but also because it was a time crunch. (laughs) Right. For lots of different reasons, but but I just think that's a perfect example of how the small details do matter. And there's other ways to, to create urgency by strategically choosing to, to not share information at a certain point in time. Now, now Ryan, I'm curious, uh, what has been the response from the entire DeYoung Properties team, not just from sales, who are obviously excited that they, they have the, the deals turned in? I'm guessing at a time like this where there's a lot of uncertainty in in the environment that having this to point to has been, I imagine, pretty, pretty important for the team's morale and focus on we can we can get through this. This will be okay. You know, the timing of it was huge because it happened right as all that was was, you know, everything was getting shut down. So the fact that the whole team saw us sell the community so well in a completely virtual setting was really exciting for everybody. You know, and then I was able to take that excitement and, and tell our construction team like, hey, you know, you know, as long as we're following CDC guidelines and all the appropriate safety matters, we're hopefully going to continue to stay busy here. And, you know, communicating that to our trade partners. And it was just it was good because it just provided a lot of 
uh, positivity in a time of, you know, lots of confusion and, and uh, anxiety. I think also for our parents, it was probably interesting to see the first time in over 45 years, a virtual grand opening. So (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. I've had a couple haters. There's always haters out there. It's okay. We use the image of AC Slater quite a bit. At least Mike Lyon does, Uh, you know, haters going to hate and Slater's going to slate. It's okay. But I've had haters who have reached out and they're like, yeah, well, you know what? That's because of the exact timing that happened. But if it was this week, man, they wouldn't sell anything. And obviously we don't know what would have happened differently if you had released today further into the economic and health issues that we have than, than then. But I'm curious what you would say to that, Ryan. You know, honestly, I think that there is some truth to it and that we felt like going into it, we possibly could have sold out the whole thing because it was a really popular community and a great location. So, you know, I can't say if that would have actually happened or not, but there was just a lot of positivity going into it. So we still felt that 68% after 24 hours was stellar. And I would, you know, take that any day of the week. And if we were to to do that event right now, I still think that we we'd probably have the same exact result as the 68%. You know, maybe there would be a slight change, but those people uh, that ended up uh, purchasing those customers, those families, they they were very excited for that community. I don't think it, that uh, shelter in place would have dissuaded them. It's all about location. It's in a, a really good location with a good size home sites and a wonderful school district too. So I think that that made such a big deal as well. Right. Perfect lead in into how I wanted to wrap this up, which was just talking about the two major changes that you need to be making to a virtual process. And and I'm not talking about the tools from a technology standpoint to use, but one, if you're starting a pre-sale process virtually in today's environment, there is zero reason to communicate the final end date of when contracts are going to be signed. So typically, if you're going to have a a 45-day window from the time you start the house in the sky or the individual conversations to having a preview event, you know, a week or two before there's no reason to pre-communicate, hey, we're going to start signing contracts in the middle of June. Because you just don't know what's going to happen between now and then necessarily. So we don't need to over-communicate that end date. We just need to stay focused on the next step of the process. And then tied with that is at each step of the process, to Ashley's point, if the demand and the interest is continuing, then you continue. But I think everyone would agree as well, if this was in a marginal location with questionable uh, quality of home sites, we would have a different outcome, right? This isn't a a magical solution to fix all problems. That's a great point. And, you know, one thing that was, I think, integral along the way was we had a lot of contingency plans. We were very cautious about what we, we officially put out there as it related to, you know, timing and date and how you know, uh, exact appointments were going to be held. We tried to hold a lot of that information back as as much as we could till the the day that we had to make that decision. And the critical piece of of being able to do that was having a ton of huddle calls. You know, we were constantly meeting, you know, just every single day talking in the ins and outs about the launch. And, you know, I'm I'm working from home right now with my wife and kids. And they were just like, I, I can't wait for you guys to stop talking about this launch. And we, we were just constantly talking about uh, all the various, you know, intricacies yeah. of you know decisions that we had to make. But, uh, you know, I, I think that was that was critical is being able to adjust on the fly. And we could have only done that by holding certain things back. Right. But again, if if you had another project down the street, 
and all the conditions were the same, but you had had that first event to communicate the next step. And if no one responded, if no one seemed interested, you wouldn't have been able to go to virtual step two because that would have simply proven to those people that no one else is interested either. So exactly. you, you just got to wait and see, is this location, does it have enough pent up demand? Is there enough interest? Is, the, is, is everything aligned just the right way where we can continue to move? And, and that's for everyone listening. If you're in Columbus or Oklahoma or Florida, the answer is going to be different, not just by city and state. It is project by project, how well all those things line up that are going to dictate whether you can use a pre-sale process virtually or otherwise, or call audibles, which, which we'd have to talk individually to talk through on, on what that looks like. But there are other things that you can do if that demand is completely gone that, that breaks entirely from the typical pre-sale process. I just wanted to just full disclosure on the community to Ridgeview, no question, good location, good school district. When we opened it, it actually kind of lagged in moving and we were fully functional, fully operational. And then hmm. phase one, you know, got sold. And then all this virtual stuff kind of happened with phase two. And no question, I strongly feel it would have sold out if we didn't have the circumstances that we're faced with. But it still did really well. And even after the fact, it is still moving. So I, I do want to say, I feel like it all goes back to having that, you know, solid team and trying to find the emotional need of the, the buyer, the homeowner, and creating a lot of circumstantial urgency and emotional urgency to get them to move forward. So kind of full spectrum that kind of gives you a backstory yeah. on the neighborhood. Well, and Eric, I'm not going to hold you to this forever, although I am recording our entire conversation. <laughs> but from your perspective, do you see the DeYoung Properties sales team ever completely going back to the way you were doing things? Or is is the virtual conversation now kind of here to stay when the consumer wants it or needs it? <laughs> I would vote and I definitely would head down the route to where I want us to do virtual calls. Before before grand opening, we would call, hey, how are you doing? Let's go ahead and schedule your appointment to meet in person. I feel we have to do it with a virtual... I mean, we were doing it before with video emails and I feel like a lot of mm -hmm. agents take them for granted and they get kind of complacent and they pick up the phone call and they don't do the video email. It is so crucial to be able to, you know, see the emotion and, you know, body language and everything on a, a call. I feel like even after all the commotion, I want to make sure we're doing virtual introductions before our in-person meet. Some kind of combination, I think, is, is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I can't tell you how proud I am of you guys. I say this about every time I'm, I'm able to interact with someone, whether there's someone who works for me on my team and, and watching them grow. But I mean, again, we could have had the same conversation with a different organization. And from Ashley's standpoint, they would have been like, we can't make a video. We, how do you even do Facebook Live? Can you hold my hand and step me through this? And just the ability to pivot as fast as you guys did, again, just speaks to the raw talent as well as your ability to work as a team. Because although Eric put it on thick there in his first uh, sentence or two, <laughs> other than you know a 10-minute side phone call with Ryan where I just had to say, no, it'll, it'll really work. And, and some back and forth <laughs> transactional questions, you guys really pulled this off for the most part on your own. So again, just fantastic work and I'm expecting continued great things from the young team. Well, we're honored to be able to work with you and do you convert. So <laughs> absolutely. Well, 
I think uh, with that, we're going to do a group hug and, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> head on to Easter weekend. Sounds great. <laughs> Thanks again for stopping by, guys. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you for having Anytime. us. Anytime. Thank you.